This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Monday, October 9th, 2023, I'm Reagan Clagg. And I'm David Atkins. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Powerball jackpot up to $1.55 billion as lottery losing streak continues. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Nathaniel Harrow will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast and Ben Cower will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a mostly cloudy 64 degrees. And now on to our top story. A top Pentagon official says Congress must pass pass more funding quickly for the U.S. to give both Israel and Ukraine the weapons support they both now need. The comments by Army Secretary Christine Wormuth come as the State Department raised the number of confirmed American deaths in the weekend Hamas attacks in Israel to nine. Wormuth says the administration is still, quote, in the early stage of the process of evaluating our ability to support, unquote, what the Israeli military needs. She did not provide details, although it is clear the administration is now facing potentially competing requests from Israel and Ukraine for additional weaponry. A senior Taliban delegation is visiting western Afghanistan's Herat province in the aftermath of the powerful earthquake that killed at least 2,000 people and flattened entire villages. Saturday's 6.3 magnitude earthquake hit a densely populated area in Herat and was followed by strong aftershocks. It was one of the deadliest earthquakes to strike the country in two decades. A statement from Kabul said the Taliban appointed Deputy Prime Minister for Economic Affairs and his team will visit the quake-affected region today to deliver, quote, immediate relief assistance, unquote, and ensure, quote, equitable and accurate distribution of aid, unquote. The quake also trapped hundreds, and people have been digging with their bare hands and shovels to pull victims from under the rubble. The International Monetary Fund and World Bank are holding their annual meetings in Morocco, one month after an earthquake killed nearly 3,000 people in the North African country. Officials gathering in Marrakesh today said they would focus on Africa as they work to stabilize and grow the global economy. Throughout the week, they are expected to discuss how to confront climate change and promote resiliency as inflation and debt challenge both rich and poor countries. But definitive details had yet to be discussed. Morocco has estimated it will cost roughly $11.7 billion to repair earthquake damage, and the IMF approved a $1.3 billion loan last month. The Powerball jackpot climbed to an estimated $1.55 million after no one matched the game's six numbers and won the giant prize. The numbers drawn Saturday night were 47, 54, 57, 60, 65, and red Powerball 19. The $1.55 billion prize is for a sole winner who is paid through annuity, with annual checks over 30 years. Most jackpot winners opt for cash, which, for the next drawing tonight, would be an estimated $679.8 million. The jackpot is now the world's fourth largest lottery prize after rolling over four 34 consecutive drawings. 
The scarcity of Powerball jackpot winners reflects the game's daunting odds of 1 in 292.2 million. Native Americans are celebrating their histories and cultures with events across the country marking Indigenous Peoples Day. The ceremonies, dances, and speeches come two years after President Joe Biden officially commemorated Indigenous Peoples Day. In Minnesota, about 150 people, including the governor and lieutenant governor, attended a sunrise prayer and ceremony at a lake on the south side of Minneapolis. In Augusta, Maine, several hundred people rallied outside the State House in support of a November 7th statewide vote on an amendment that would require the restoration of tribal treaties that were omitted from printed versions of the state constitution. Coming up, authorities say a Kentucky deputy was wounded and a suspect killed when gunfire erupted during an attempted arrest. That and more news from across the tri state when New Center 88 returns right after this. Ball is in the air. We're underway at Jones Seattle. Don't just listen to the game. Find out what to expect with the WMUL pregame show. At least 15 minutes before every game, the FM 88 sports team discusses the key matchups and strategies. Marshall is going to have its hands full with Memphis's athleticism and speed all night long. I really think that people want to see the ball go to Cody Slate. He's a fan favorite. you got to play simple soccer. That's what you do. You want to pressure, but you don't want to overforce things. Just you gamble and take a chance. A team like SMU will take advantage. On down the line, you see a lot of depth and a lot of capability. This team has the ability to get hits every single time they go to the plate. They're able to move the ball around really well. They have four players with over 100 kills, and they're a great team defensively. So before kickoff, tip-off, first pitch, or first serve, get award-winning analysis from an award-winning station. The WMUL Pregame Show, only on 88.1 WMUL. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Reagan Clagg. And I'm David Atkins. Authorities say a Kentucky deputy was wounded and a suspect killed when gunfire erupted during an attempted arrest. Kentucky State Police say the shooting happened Saturday in Allen County as officers attempted to locate someone involved in an earlier car chase in Simpson County. Police say a male subject was pronounced dead at the scene and a Simpson County Sheriff deputy was hospitalized with life-threatening injuries. The Simpson County Sheriff's Office said on social media that deputy that Chief Deputy Brad Harper was shot while trying to arrest a man for attempted murder. Union workers at Mack Trucks are on strike after voting down a tentative five-year contract agreement that negotiators had reached with the company. The United Auto Workers said 4,000 unionized workers walked out at 7 a.m. today, adding to labor turmoil in the industry that has ensnared all three big Detroit automakers. Union President Sean Fain said in a letter to Mack parent company Volvo Trucks that 73% of workers voted against the deal and results counted yesterday. The UAW represents Mack workers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida. Union leaders had reached a tentative agreement on the deal on October 1st. Women's equality has been a point of emphasis on college campuses across the country. As Luke Hamilton reports, there are multiple ways Marshall students can be the change. A group of panelists recently gathered on Marshall's campus for the Women's Equality Day luncheon. The panelists informed students and staff about ways to work together in the new era of women's equality. And one of the most important things that we can do is to talk to our friends, talk to our family, 
educate people, educate ourselves, and try to offset a lot of the noise and the negativity and the misinformation that's out there. As long as we're kind of willing to talk to each other and to exchange ideas and to, to think about our own assumptions and how they kind of flow into how we behave and what we do, I really think just about anything is possible, especially with your generation. Dr. Warner also says that positive changes in women's equality can be implemented at the voting polls, an area where college students have been lacking participation. It's not necessarily the voting, it's registration. Because if you live on campus, are you registered here or are you registered at home? If you're registered at home, what does that mean? How far ahead of time do you have to be registered? Women's equality continues to be a point of emphasis on college campuses across the country. And shaping the minds of the next generation is vital for long-lasting change. For News Center 88, I'm Luke Hamilton. Thanks, Luke. Don't forget to register to vote in the upcoming elections. For more information on the West Virginia League of Women Voters, go to www.lwvwv.org. Once again, that website is www.lwvwv.org. A neck hold that Denver area police used on Elijah McLean prior to the black man's 2019 death lasted only seconds, but it's emerged as a focal point in the first criminal trial against officers and paramedics charged in his death. Defense attorneys for the first officers to go on trial closed their case Friday without calling any witnesses. Rather, they sought to use the prosecution's own witnesses and video that's been shown repeatedly to jurors to make their case that the officers' actions weren't to blame. Criminal charges were brought in 2021 after a national racial reckoning following the murder of George Floyd galvanized criticism over law enforcement abuses against black people. Coming up next, Louisiana public school principal apologizes after punishing student for dancing at a party? That, that and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. You should worry less about that radio and concentrate on fishing. Besides, there's nothing good to listen to on the radio nowadays. Here we go again. Back in my day, music was good. It played all those good oldies that I love. Of course, they were called newies back then. But Grandpa, if we turn to 88.1 WMUL, we can listen to oldies. Huh? We can also listen to alternative, blues, jazz, hip-hop, and more. Oh, that in one station? Then hurry up, boy, get that radio working. 88.1 WMUL, the cutting edge since 1961. Here's your cappuccino, miss. Great, thanks. Coffee with cream? Look, almost half of all new STD infections are among young people 15 to 24 years old. Yet most infections have no symptoms. The only way to know for sure is to be tested. So GYT, get yourself tested. Visit GYTnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. A message from CDC. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Reagan Clagg. And I'm David Atkins. Burnout and deteriorating mental health symptoms like anxiety and depression are affecting religious leaders at a worrisome pace. Clergy have increasingly stepped into the front lines of care for mental health distress across the country. But being constantly on call to share other people's trauma is one of the unique stressors that makes being a pastor so challenging. A coalition of organizations is hosting a free, one-day, online, quote, church mental health summit, unquote, 
On October 10th, that already has about 9,000 registrations from over 100 countries to access 60 pre-recorded expert talks. The area around the historic Maui town largely destroyed by wildfire two months ago has begun welcoming back travelers. The move this weekend comes as the mayor and Hawaii's governor push ahead to restart tourism in support of the economy, despite vocal opposition from some Laihana residents. The websites of five hotels in West Maui show they are accepting reservations again. Eight timeshare properties also are opening across the region early this month, including some a few miles from the devastation. The reopening falls on the two-month anniversary of the wildfire that killed at least 98 people. Oil prices are climbing and stocks are edging higher in unsteady trading as violence in the Middle East injects more caution into financial markets worldwide. The S&P 500 was 0.6% higher today and its first trading since Hamas launched a surprise attack over the weekend against Israel, which then formally declared war. The Dow rose 169 points and the Nasdaq Composite was up 0.4%. The area under conflict is not home to major oil production, but fears that the fighting could spill into the politics around the crude market sent a barrel of U.S. oil up 4%. Stocks of oil and defense companies rose. A Louisiana public school principal has apologized for punishing a student in questioning her religious beliefs after he saw a video of her dancing at an off-campus party. The 17-year-old student government president and scholarship candidate was videotaped dancing at an off-campus party following Walker High School's September 30th homecoming festivities. A hired DJ took the video and posted it on social media. Three days later, Jason St. Pierre, principal of the public high school near the state capital of Baton Rouge, told the student government president she would be removed from her position. He also said he would no longer recommend her for college scholarships. Following a backlash, St. Pierre reversed course and apologized in a statement published yesterday. An infusion of federal pandemic relief to America's schools sparked a boom in the education technology sector, an industry where research and evidence are scarce. An Associated Press analysis of public records finds districts, including Nevada's Clark County, spent tens of millions of dollars on apps, games, and tutoring websites. Schools often have little or no evidence the programs helped students, and some were rarely used. Some Clark County parents say software shouldn't be a priority in a district with issues including aging buildings and more than 1,100 teacher vacancies. The district declined an interview request. Some critics have called for greater federal oversight over the industry. Coming up next, Israel strikes and seals off Gaza after incursion by Hamas. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. Merlin, I need your help. The armies of darkness are at Camelot's gates, but Excalibur is destroyed. Fear not, Arthur, for I have in my hands a weapon far more powerful than the world has ever seen. The pure, sweet song of its blade leaving the sheath is able to pierce the air itself. This sword doesn't have a name. It is WMUL, the cutting edge. 
You've supported her through every accomplishment in her life. Cross, pull, I tied my shoes. While your ultimate goal is to teach her to stand on her own. Let go, let go. I can do it. There are things she just can't do without your support. There were drugs and alcohol at the party. Talk with the teens in your life. And if they're in substance abuse treatment and recovery, support them. Help them turn the hardest thing they've ever done into their greatest accomplishment. For information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Reagan Clagg. And I'm David Atkins. For some Republicans in Congress, Taiwan and Ukraine are effectively arrivals for a limited pool of U.S. military assistance. And seeing China as a bigger threat to the United States than Russia, they argue for doing more to arm Taiwan and stopping the flow of money to Ukraine. But that's not necessarily how Taiwan and many of its supporters see it. They say China is watching closely to see if the United States has the political stamina to support an ally in a prolonged, costly war. The U.S. aid to Ukraine also has led to weapons manufacturers stepping up production, something that could benefit Taiwan in a clash with China. California Governor Gavin Newsom has vetoed a bill that would have made free condoms available to all public high school students. Newsom said yesterday he supports increased access to condoms for teens, but vetoed the bill because it would have cost too much. Legislative staff estimated it would have cost in the low millions of dollars each year. Newsom said this bill was one of several passed by lawmakers this year that jointly would have added $19 billion to the state budget. California had about 1.9 million high school students enrolled statewide last year. Supporters said the bill would have allowed teens who choose to become sexually active to protect themselves from sexually transmitted infections. Israel has vowed to lay total siege to the Gaza Strip as it pounds the impoverished territory in the wake of an unprecedented weekend incursion. More than two days after Hamas launched its surprise attack from Gaza, the military said today that the fighting with Israel had largely died down for now. Israel's vaunted military and intelligence apparatus was caught completely off guard, bringing heavy battles to its street for the first time in decades. Israel formally declared war yesterday, portending greater fighting and a possible ground assault into Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed to destroy the militants, quote, military and governing capabilities, unquote. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says he's declaring his independence from the Democratic Party and all other political parties as he announces he'll run for president as an independent. Kennedy said today from Philadelphia's Independence Mall he'll drop his Democratic primary bid. Kennedy speaks of a, quote, rising tide of discontent, unquote, in the United States, and says he wants to make a, quote, new declaration of independence, unquote, from corporations, the media, and the two major political parties. Kennedy's decision adds a wrinkle to a 2024 race that's heading toward a likely rematch between Democratic President Joe Biden and Republican ex-President Donald Trump. Allies of Biden and Trump have questioned whether Kennedy would be a spoiler against them. Many of the Republican candidates running for president say they'd use military force against Mexico in response to the trafficking of fentanyl and other synthetic opiates. More than 75,000 people in the United States died last year from overdoses of synthetic opiates, an annual figure more than 20 times higher than a decade ago. 
That rhetoric from the GOP candidates is welcomed by some families who've lost loved ones to fentanyl and have long argued Washington hasn't done enough to address the worst drug crisis in the United States history. But an analyst and nonpartisan experts warn talk of military force won't end the crisis and instead fuels the racism and xenophobia undermining efforts to stop drug trafficking. And coming up, Nathaniel Hara will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and John Bogus will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy and they would all live happily ever after. Daniels is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Nathaniel Hara, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It is currently a mostly cloudy 64 degrees. Temperatures will drop throughout the rest of the evening to the mid to low 50s. Tomorrow morning, the temperature will rise up to a sunny 67 degrees around 5 p.m. Later on in the evening, the temperature will drop to the low 50s before rising up to a partly cloudy 69 degrees during Wednesday afternoon. Today in weather history, on this day in 1987, 18 cities in the southeastern U.S. and the mid-Atlantic coast region reported record low temperatures for the date. Asheville, North Carolina dipped to 29 degrees, and the record low of 47 degrees at Jacksonville, Florida marked their fourth of the month. A second surge of cold air brought light snow to the northern plains, particularly in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Thank you, weatherforyou.com, for that information. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it's a cloudy 78 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast. For News Center 88, I'm Nathaniel. Thanks, Nathaniel. Now John Bogus joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, Reagan. To begin today's FM 88 Sports Report, the Marshall women's basketball team has released the home game times for the 2023-24 season. Today's schedule release shows that most games throughout the season will take place at 6 p.m., with Saturday games mostly being played at 1 p.m. The Marshall women and men's basketball team will compete on the same day in a Cam Henderson Center doubleheader three times this season. This will first occur on October 29th during the fans' first games, with both teams playing U-Pike. The men will play at 3 p.m. and the women at 6.30 p.m. The Herd will face a Power 5 program at the Cam Henderson Center, Florida, at 1 p.m. on December 2nd. Non-conference play at home will finish on December 11th when the team faces Salem and the first Sunbelt Conference home game will be against South Alabama on January 4th. The team's final home game of the season will be March 1st against Georgia Southern. Next, the Marshall football team traveled Saturday to Raleigh, North Carolina to face the NC State Wolfpack. NC State defeated Marshall 48-41, resulting in Marshall's first loss of the season. The meeting was Marshall's last non-conference game and its second game against the Power 5 program this season. Marshall previously beat Virginia Tech 24-17 on September 23rd at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. 
Up next, Marshall will travel to Atlanta, Georgia to face the Georgia State Panthers Saturday in its second Sunbelt Conference game this season. The game will be on ESPN2 with kickoff at 7 p.m. The Sunbelt Conference also announced today that the game between Marshall and James Madison on Thursday, October 19th would be nationally televised on ESPN. The game will take place at Jones C. Edwards Stadium and will begin at 7 p.m. Moving on to Marshall women's golf news, the team began competition at 8.30 a.m. today in the UNCG Collegiate at Grandover Resort in Greensboro, North Carolina. Marshall has won a 19 teams in the tournament, competing in a 54-hole event. Today it will play 36 holes, with the remaining 18 beginning tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Sophomore Olivia Cochan heads to the event as the Sunbelt Conference Women's Golfer of the Week. She earned this award for her performance at the Butler Fall Invitational last week when she tied for fourth. The Marshall women's soccer team traveled to Boone, North, Boone, North Carolina Sunday to face App State. Marshall now sits at a 6-6-1 record and a 1-5 conference record after falling to App State 5-1. App State is now 6-4-3 overall and 3-1-2 in conference play. The lone score by Marshall gave them the lead in the first two minutes of the match when freshman Katie Porter found the goal. The goal was her first in her collegiate career. App State would then score all five of its goals in the second half. Marshall will next face Georgia State at home Saturday. First touch will be at 6 p.m. at Hoops Family Field. In Marshall men's soccer news, the number one nationally ranked Marshall men's soccer team remains undefeated after it shut up, after it shut out Georgia State at Hoops Family Field Saturday 2 to 0. Marshall now has recorded shutouts in 7 of its 11 matches. Matthew Bell scored the first goal of the game in the 14th minute when Pablo Simon found Adam Almesh who passed to Bell for the score. The second goal of the match came in the 66th minute when Alexander Sterngard found Amani Sordo for the goal. Marshall will look to continue its undefeated streak when it faces Coastal Carolina Friday at Hoops Family Field. First touch will be at 7.15 p.m. In Marshall swimming and diving news, the team is the champions of the Mountain State after winning the West Virginia State games Saturday. The herd surpassed West Virginia University to claim the title with a final score of 1,340.5 to WVU's 1,300.5 total. Other teams at the meet were Davison Elkins, West Virginia Tech, West Virginia Wesleyan, and Wheeling. Marshall won first place in nine of the 19 events it competed in. Next, Marshall will travel to Harrisonburg, Virginia to face Sunbelt Conference opponent James Madison on Saturday, November 4th. In NFL news, Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is still dealing with a right shoulder injury that sidelined him for one game before the bye week. Watson remained inside the team's facility Monday to rehab his bruised shoulder as his teammates worked outdoors. He sat out Cleveland's 28-3 loss to Baltimore on October 1st. The 28-year-old Watson has been expected to play against the Ravens despite not throwing any passes during practices leading into the game. However, he was unable to throw any velocity in pregame workout. The Browns host unbeaten San Francisco on Sunday, and Coach Kevin Stefanski said it's too early to know if Watson will play. That's all for the FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, I'm John Baucus. Thanks, John. Coming up, the exorcist believer possesses the box office. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. (laughs) 
My dastardly plan to pollute the airwaves with Nickelback is almost to rotten fruition. We must let our powers combine. Jazz. Avoid winning news in sports. Rock and roll. Flashback. Ska. With your powers combined, I am WMUL. Oh no! WMUL's award-winning radio programming is kicking my... 88.1 WMUL. We all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country and protect the things we love. But for some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone. For confidential support, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. And finally today on New Center 88, the Exorcist Believer took possession of the weekend box office with a North American opening of 27.2 million dollars. According to studio estimates yesterday, the latest sequel to the 1973 horror classic was a runaway number one in its opening weekend for Universal Pictures and Blumhouse Productions. But it still fell short of expectations with no other new releases with which to compete. Last week's top film, Paw Patrol, The Mighty Move, was a, was a distant second with $11.8 million and has earned $38.9 million after two weeks. Another horror sequel, Saul X, was third for Lionsgate Films with $8.2 million. And that does it for this edition of New Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu WMUL. For David Adkins, Nathaniel Hara, John Bogus, Luke Hamilton, and for the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Reagan Clagg, and your thought of the day is, if you fell down yesterday, stand up today. H.G. Wells.